Hello, friends. You are back at the Hockey Players Club podcast. Brandon Rubio, Kyle Kittleberger, Matt Schwartz, Kevin Kustrin, and we're here to talk about that Stanley Cup final because it is finally over. The Tampa Bay Lightning are your 2020 Stanley Cup champions, and we got a lot to cover. Gentlemen, how are we feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. Salutations. <laughs> we got a whole lot of good and some salutations. That about sums it up. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good this week. You know, riding high, called Tampa in six, if I'm not mistaken, last week. They should have won in five. I should have. Fair enough. It is a weird time because we had, what, 63 days of nonstop hockey, and then it's just like, it's over. Just like yeah. that. Just and we like have that. no idea when it'll start up again. Yeah. yeah no, you're right about that. If ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're looking at the great unknown, a hockeyless future. Looking back at it, those days where we had like four back-to-back-to-back games in like the beginning of it, they were yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, starting at noon. Yeah, that was the COVID light, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good call on the snipe there. Uh, Thank you, Bolts sir. and six. Thank you, sir. Hey, I also called that, so let's not give him all credit. But I did call <laughs> the Bolts, I think, episode one of this season. Whatever episode one was. And I will say, I think Kyle okay. <laughs> should have been right. Because if you watch game five, five yeah. Tampa probably deserved to win that game. Dallas looked like uh, they, they were, were hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> hanging around. But I tell you what, that's how they were damn near a lot of the players. That's true. Where yeah. you count them out and all of a sudden they go on a three-goal stretch in you know, four and a half minutes and uh, take the lead. You can never count that team out, and that's half the reason they found themselves in the Stanley Cup. Yeah. You gotta feel good for for Tampa though, because they've been close in previous years. Obviously, losing in the Cup final, 2015, lost a couple of Eastern Conference Finals. So it's been a team that for years people were like, this is the year they're finally gonna break through. They're finally gonna do it. And so it took a strange bubble, well, multiple bubbles, where you had to be locked down, away from the family, no fans, and finally they were able to put the pieces together for a long run and do the thing. I gotta tell you. That clinching game was kind of shitty. Not an overly entertaining game. Like, it was because of the stakes, but you take that out of the game, it wasn't a great game. Yeah, you never want to see a, sh- a shutout like that. I mean, if you're obviously. And how many shots shot did Dallas have? Like, <clears throat> total? Yeah, I think at one point in the third, they still only had single digits. Yeah. And I think they poured it on a little at the end, but yeah, too little, too late. Interesting so series, right, Matt? <laughs> Interesting series, though. I guess it'd be too little too early. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. I don't get it. Right over his head. But look at the stats between these two lineups. Kind of wild to see that Dallas on the series only had five guys that were minus, where Tampa, if I'm not mistaken, had 11 guys that were minus on the series. And I think the real differentiator in this series came down to the power play goals. Power plays in general. You know, you look at Dallas, one power play goal in the series. You look at Tampa, seven. Yeah, I mean, you know, best of seven series, that is a big difference. Uh, just proved too much for Dallas. They were, they were playing physical, so taking some penalties. I know we exchanged some texts throughout the series, and one of the things that I noted was I just think Tampa was clearly the better team. You know, we talked about, I think Dallas had some injuries. They were beaten up. Sagan yeah. came out, I think. He basically listened to every body part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> A broken man. <laughs> Little toe, big toe, <laughs> ring toe. Fourth rim, third rim. <laughs> yes, they were, and you saw that in game five. They just kind of ran out of gas. Yeah. And Tampa definitely was the better team. They deserved it, man. They're a very solid hockey team, top to bottom. They are a worthy Stanley Cup champion. Excellent goaltending. Uh, you know, Vasilevsky, I think, since he lost, he played in every playoff game. Yeah. And I think he lost. There was some crazy stat about reeling off all these wins in a row. He had like a less than two goals against average. Uh, Hedman, obviously, with his performance, was lights out. Um, and then, you know, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov, I think, tied most points in a Stanley Cup playoff. I want to say he led, he led the playoffs in points. So top to bottom, even their fourth line contributed. Uh, happy for, for them to get redemption. Yeah. You know, Hockey Illuminati, our buddy, uh, had a funny rant where he called the Columbus 
upset over Tampa last year, the biggest upset in hockey history, even more so than uh, Team USA beating the USSR. Because <laughs> he said it was the best in a best of seven. Yeah, USA right. doesn't have a chance in that series. But uh, nonetheless. But to go from that low last year, <clears throat> I can remember sitting at this table, shooting the shit with you guys about how we didn't see that one coming, and man, this is off one. As Hockey Illuminati noted, kudos to their GM and their staff for sticking with that core group and yeah. not making any crazy changes. Right. Yeah, and I saw something that they took a lot of inspiration uh, from a little bit of a surprising source, which is actually University of Virginia basketball. Because you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Virginia was one seed in the NCAA tournament and lost to a 16. First time that's ever happened in history. And so obviously that program was devastated. They're like, oh, we were number one and we're going to be the first one seed ever to blow it. And then they came back the next year and won the national championship. And so the Lightning actually took some inspiration from that, being like, look, these were some guys, similar situation to us. They were sitting on the top of the mountain, got knocked off by a big underdog, but they came back better than they were the year before and actually did the whole thing. And so interesting that they used that as sort of a, an inspirational point for them. And I feel like it's kind of a common tale in the NHL. When you look around, you know, before the Oilers went on their run, they lost to the Islanders, yep. right? Uh, the Pens had to lose in the Cup to Detroit. Um, Chicago, eh, maybe I'm wrong on the Chicago one. But Washington had, had won the President's Trophy multiple times, never got there. Yeah. Finally broke through. I mean, I think there really is something said for learning how to win at that time of the year, in that stage with everyone throwing it on the line. Which brings me to my quick point of good old big rig, Patty Maroon, who's having one hell of a time on <laughs> uh, his second celebration, which just impressive, a guy like that who, you know, generally speaking, bottom six role. So sometimes when you see those moves in the off season, they're not necessarily like the biggest uh, newsworthy piece, but clearly brings a lot to the room and certainly to the game. I mean. Game six, you guys, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw him knock that puck out of midair in the neutral zone. Yeah. And then move goal. it up and set up uh, goal number two. Was it, was it Coleman, the second goal? Yeah. Uh, it was a nice little one tee in the zone. But uh, and he's having a great time. I don't know if you, I know Maddie was tracking a little bit of the order of the, I should say like the timeline of the celebration in these you know, COVID times are not. So good times are had. Yeah. Beers are drank. And I, I tell you what. You, you hit the nail on the head. And T Tampa, A, is the more talented team and probably more talented than anybody in the NHL. And then when you have that kind of motivation, yeah. like on top of it, where everyone's just <laughs> playing for each other, uh, regardless of if you're in a bubble or not, you're not going to stand near them. And I was impressed that they even extended it six games because you could see, like, so even the wins, you could see. They were lopsided in shots. Tampa Bay dominated time of possession. Um, I think a couple guys didn't get brought up that, you know, we, we talked about Vasilevsky a little bit, but really digging into Tampa Bay, man, is, is he the best role in the NHL right now? I think he is, yeah. He's just so consistent, and it seems like even when he's having quote-unquote off nights or whatever, like he's just so damn big in the yeah. net. He can still make those, what you sometimes refer to as unconscious saves, where it's just due to good positioning and being so damn big, you can stop it even when you might be, I don't know, a little out of sorts. So he's, I think he is the best. That stood out, and then I think uh, the Coleman deal paid off, you know, on that third line. Uh, and Goudreau, for both. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, somebody that didn't get brought up was uh, Sergeyev. I thought really made a name for himself in these playoffs. Hell of a playoffs. Yeah, strong. Yeah, Vasilevsky played <clears throat> the most minutes in a single postseason among goaltenders ever. Uh, 1,708 minutes. And then the stat I was putting for earlier, he rattled off seven wins in a row after his loss uh, in the postseason, his last loss in the postseason. And he is, uh, Kyle, I got a little trivia for you here, brother. Okay. Ooh. All right. I want to hop in it. Okay. Uh, so, Throw my hand he, was, he got his only shot up. He got his shot up in the Stan, Stanley Cup clinching game. Mm -hmm. Now, for him, it was his only one. Yeah. But name the last goalie. Get a shot out in the Stanley Cup clinching game. Remember. Damn you! What's that thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any more brain busters, man? Well, maybe we should bring back. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's all I hear on the streets. 
When, when, when is it going to come back? Well, uh, moving Hedman, he got the Colin Smythe. And, uh, he did. He did. He was pretty damn impressive, I will say. I think he has the third most goals among defensemen in a, in a postseason. Yep. Uh, really, really impressive. I also heard someone say, I think he was on the ice on, during the playoffs, even strength for only 10 goals against. Oh. That would be an insane stat. Yeah. He was just a beast out there. I mean, six foot six. He's such an imposing man in front of the net. Even though they feel not so much, why don't you just marry him? <laughs> you know, he's not, he's physical for sure. He's not like Chris Pronger nasty per se, but he, uh, he's such a good skater, phenomenal passer. Damn, he's got a bomb. I mean, he, he's got to be, I mean, I know Yossi just won the Norris, but that would be a toss-up for me. I, I mean, actually, it's not a toss-up for me. If I had to draft my franchise first defenseman right now in the NHL, I'd be heading. I'll tell you what, it is unbelievable his shot placement and how consistent it is. Always, about 12 inches off the ice, low blocker side. Right around the. Oh, this reminds me of like Lindstrom and his ability to get the puck on that. And it's nothing yeah. fancy, you know? And it's just consistent, and guess what? Oh, the dude scores a bunch of goals. Yeah, yeah Crystal Tank should take note of that. It's not flash, he just throws it on that. But he is the 10th defenseman in NHL history to win the Cons Mife. And the other nine names, eight are already in the Hall of Fame. The ninth, Duncan Keith, shoe and Hall of Famer? Probably, yeah. Shoe and Hall of Famer. And Victor Heaven's right on track for that. Uh, he is the third Swede to win the Conn Smythe. Can you name the other two? Lindstrom. Zetterberg. Lindstrom and Zetterberg. Uh, those names of defensemen. Duncan Keene, Scott Niedermeyer, Nicholas Lindstrom, <laughs> Scott Stevens, Brian Leach, Al McKinnis, Larry Robinson, Bobby Orr, and Serge Savard. So he is in fantastic company. And uh, like you guys alluded to, a real joy to watch out of the ice. He covers a shitload of ice. He's offensively gifted, defensively responsible. You know, they basically have two captains there in Tampa. You could very well see Hedman wearing a C. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're prime. I don't know what their situation looks like for years to come, but you got to put them as the favorite for next year without question. Are they losing any? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well they, they might lose some stuff. They have to do some cutting. So it'll be interesting to see what comes back from their team because they can't return everybody. But... Um, to quickly say one more thing on Hedman, like I think he was definitely deserving winner. Because uh, I know you had asked me before Game Six, Schwartz, you're like, so if Tampa wins tonight, who do you think is the cons might? I was like, I think it's Hedman. Going away. I did see though that this was one of the closest, or maybe the closest cons vote ever. That Hedman got. There was 18 voters. Hedman got nine, eight, and one. So nine first place, eight second, one third, and Braden Point got eight, eight, and two. So that was the difference. It was only one wow. person that put Hedman first and point third was the difference. I think you could make an argument for Braden Point. He's oh, for sure. Yeah. Really, really big goals. Right. Played through injury. I know that's not a factor because everyone's basically playing through injury, but uh, he was their offensive juggernaut. Yeah. No, he would have been a deserving Smythe <clears throat> winner as well, but good to see the D get some recognition. It's usually yeah. Like yeah. a center or a goalie for Smythe. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean... Since 1969, he's the tough. That's saying something. What do we think? Uh, Vasilevsky gets snubbed at all? Uh, you can make a case for him as that's well. That's true. I mean, he was he lights was. out. I feel like he gets a little less appreciation now just because the team he plays for. So did yeah. you know? Yeah. He definitely wasn't taking nearly as many shots. Exactly. Like, like how many games did he steal for that? Probably not many because they were normally scoring goals. Right. But I mean, he played fantastic. Goals. Yeah. It's like all the time. Yeah. He played yeah. the most minutes of any goalie ever. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Is this the beginning of something in Tampa? I, I definitely think so. This Now that they've kind of got over that hump yeah. and they have that confidence, you can tell uh, that they just gel as a team. Any team that accomplishes a Stanley Cup victory, you know their locker room is great. Same with Dallas. I mean, these, te- these guys have been through hell and back. Um, I think that they have all the pieces. I really do. One piece that I could see, if they were to move on, might be Kucherov. I could potentially see Kucherov being a piece that gets out of Tampa. And I know that's a lot, but um, I, I, I think that they would be okay, even in spite of that. Did you take your crazy pills today? <laughs> 
Well, the double dose. I'll tell you what, that kind of segues into a question I have for you guys. So, I think the, the obvious thing is this was done during a pandemic in a bubble, and the NHL needs to be uh, recognized for doing it successfully and how successfully they did it. But my question is, outside of the COVID situation, let's say we get 20 years down the line, what are we going to remember from this playoffs? And maybe it is, hey, the start of Tampa Bay's domination. Maybe it's their turn, like it was the Penguins' turn and the uh, Blackhawks' turn. But what are we going to think about 20 years down the line? I think it's going to be that it was such a unique situation, that it was played in a bubble with no fans, and that there was a 24-team tournament. Like, just to even say it out loud, 24-team yeah, yeah. tournament that you had to play, that's insane. In a 31-team league, they had 24 teams that technically had a chance to win their way to the Stanley Cup. And so to come out of that type of slog as the champion, I think is incredibly impressive, and that's probably what will stand up. So I totally agree. I think that's on, without question, the, the, COVID, the COVID Cup. Um, and that segues into my question for you guys. Uh, Damian Cox said it wasn't as difficult to win this cup no road games, no travel, uh, you know, kind of chirping, saying let's not compare bubble hockey to the real thing. Uh, to that, Barclay Goodrow replied, you try going through what we went through, not seeing our families for months, living in a hotel for 60 plus days, 24 teams that had a chance, no home advantage for either team, but hey, say what you want. What do you, what do you think, how are people gonna perceive this cup years down the road? Harder, easier, not look at it that way. Is there an asterisk? I don't think there should be an asterisk because first off, everyone's under the same conditions and you still had to win four best of seven series. Not to mention, I mean, some of these teams had to win a series before that. So I think you could make an argument it is more difficult. And I don't think you could overlook the effect of not being able to like leave the rink and hotel. like. I'm sure it is a huge mental escape that is very healthy for these players that after a game they can go home and see their kids and their wife and maybe like have breakfast or a lunch with them. It's, you know, in between some of these games. I'm sure it helps them relax and not be so stressed out. Uh, so, I mean, I would almost think it's a little more difficult. I get it. There's no travel. But, you know, these guys are used to that. That's part of the gig. It always has been. I, would, I, I tend to think it's more difficult. And I don't think there should be an asterisk. I, again, everyone's on an even, even playing field here. And also, you did have guys who were healthy for this compared to other years, where there would have been many more players that would have been unable to play in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, if I had to go one or the other, I think it was harder than easier. Yeah, at the end of the day, what's, what's the big argument the other way? You gotta travel? Is that, the, is that the biggest thing in the, in the crowds and yeah, you get swayed yes. the momentum and stuff like that? Well, then you got the fact that you're in a bubble, you can't leave, the mental aspect. Like, I feel like it weighs, they, they weigh themselves out a little bit. It's kind of equal. Yeah. And uh, who said that, by the way? Damian Cox? Yeah. Yes, some jabron who's probably <laughs> looking for retweets. So that's not, oh, a, guy. That's not a hockey player. Yeah, that's okay. No, it's no, a, he's a media guy. Oh, media okay. Yeah, but... Um, He's just pissed because he had to be in the bubble for a little while. I will also side with you guys. I think that they should feel very proud of this accomplishment. If anyone knows, it should be them and any guys that were in that yeah. bubble with them. ESPN had an article come out uh, from the last week or two about the conditions in the bubble. And let's just say they weren't as advertised uh, when, they, when the NHL was trying to get the players to commit to this. Cheese sandwiches and shit like that. I wouldn't go that far, but... It wasn't great, you know. I think there were some players who uh, weren't necessarily interested in being there for a very long time. Um, to the rest? Did you say to the rest? <laughs> yeah. To God. But shout out. Do you think, dog? Mental. You know, being away from your family for sixty plus days, especially when you have some people missed uh, birthdays, all kind of special events in their life, missing their little children. The mental toughness this took for these guys, and that's something they'll share uh, for the rest of their life. And Bettman alluded to that when he was awarding the Stanley Cup, saying, I think it was maybe the hardest Stanley Cup to win. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I think there's an argument to be made there, you know? And that segues nicely into our next point. 
Gary Bettman in the NHL and what they were able to accomplish here. You know, back in, I want to say it was May, they announced the return to play plan and they faced a lot of heat. You know, COVID cases going up. Get the Gary. <laughs> with COVID cases going up and so much uncertainty as to what they were dealing with for the league to proceed with the season and say, no, we're going to award a Stanley Cup champion and how that impacts next season. They elected to go forward with it. Uh, all said and done, they completed the season. They awarded a Stanley Cup champion and after 33,174 tests, they had zero positive COVID cases. I'm almost strong. Goose See, what I heard is the, the disease, COVID does not, uh, the virus doesn't go across borders. So, <laughs> that's why. But it had in Canada. <laughs> but, you know, Batman was probably already a Hall of Famer at this point. Well, he is a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, he just. He <laughs> but a lot of people shit on Gary. Yeah. And they boo, on, they boo him every time. And he's going to still get booed. But, man, this guy just gained a whole lot of respect, I feel, from a lot of people. Where did the booing thing start? Was it during, like, one of the lockouts when oh, there was. I think at this point, though, it's not going away. It's no, almost it's just point. like, it's just funny. It's just a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's tradition. Yeah. 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 It's tradition. Funny point. They actually, the NHL actually had recorded booze for the ceremony. And they elected not to use it. Oh. I was waiting for that, too, because I was like, you know they got that queued up. You know that they could play it right now if they want. That's one of those things where when people don't boo, he's going to be like, am I got fired? <laughs> What's going on? Well, he, like, he, he leans into it now. Like, whenever he shows up at the drafts and stuff, and he steps up to the mic, and they start booing, he's like, no, oh, there we go. I, uh, I was waiting for it's it. It's like Vince McMahon. <laughs> it's like, hold on, you don't want to hear this one. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he does deserve uh, a tip of the cap. I mean, there's still a lot of shit things that he's done in the past that people are going to still boo him for. But in terms of this situation and successfully pulling off the return of play, well done, Gary. Well done. And everyone involved, the players oh, for their sacrifice, the uh, coaches, the, the the media members, the people covering the games. Yeah. Uh, that were that were in the bubble, that were outside of the bubble, the hotel, everyone involved. You know, we were we we were the spoiled. We got all the hot. We can we consumed the hockey from far away, and they just put the product on. I definitely think the NHL should be commended for their effort. And, uh, you know, pretty awesome stuff that they were able to... I, I was, when this was first announced, I was a little skeptical myself. And of all the sports leagues so far that have elected to move forward, uh, with the exception of maybe the, the NBA and the PGA Tour, I feel like they definitely handle it the best. MLB has had entire teams get COVID. Yeah. The Steelers-Titans game on Sunday is canceled because 11 Titans have COVID. Postponed, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, kudos to them for pulling this one off. And uh, I don't know. Batman has a new respect in my book. Agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> Too good. Well, during, <laughs> during the finals, they did have some award winners announced. And not a ton of surprise or anything. Dreisaitl does take home the heart and the Ted Lindsay. Um, although interesting, again, shout out to our boy Hockey Illuminati, Dry Cycle, first guy to win a con smite as a, or I'm sorry, con smite, the heart as a negative player. Hmm. Yes. What was he? Or I'm sorry, like a minus four, I think. Yeah, they might have more than that. Seven or nine. Crazy. Feasting on the power play. Yeah. Yeah, that too. That too. But three of the last four drafted by Edmonton, but no real surprise there. <laughs> Which is hilarious because That's they a were wrong. He was a minus seven. Unbelievable seven. stat, by the way. Yeah. But just a beast all season. And then uh, Kale McCarr wins the Calder. Third Colorado player to win it the past nine years. Another he crazy stat. does beat out Quinn Hughes, which I think that most of us predicted. That. I think so, too. It was close, though. Yeah. And there was a, I saw a lot of people predicting Quinn Hughes towards the end of the season just because he closed a little better towards the end. But I think because of this pause, people were able to take that like longer look at, okay, over the whole season, who was better? And I tell you what, come playoff time, Cam McCarr was a beast. It wasn't even close. Both those guys were. I mean, awesome. Hughes had a good playoff, but watching Cam McCarr, he was on a different level, I feel yeah. like. Skating ability. Yeah. 
kind of helps. Both, both of those guys. There was even like, I feel like that's the big differentiator. That's the thing. That's why all these like smaller, not the Makar's small, but like Hughes is small, and these smaller defensemen can be so effective because if you can skate, you can overcome not being six foot three or whatever. So shout out Kubalik. Oh yeah, Kubalik for the. Uh, he got third. For the Calder. Calder. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We don't need He's, to go through all the awards. I okay, think a lot of them shaked out the way that we thought it would. But. The audience is bored with awards, Matt. <laughs> I'm getting texts all over the place. And although Nobody texts you. Free agency isn't open yet, uh, we do have some trades going on. They're going, they're going all over the place. One guy is a little upset. Looked like he might have thrown all his equipment out of the driveway afterwards. He was airing his shit. I know, but it's funnier when you say he threw <laughs> a tantrum. Who are you talking about? Horny. You didn't see that? Yeah. You didn't see that? Oh, he was airing his shit out of the driveway. And somebody <laughs> somebody said, he's mad. Look, he's throwing it's all, all like the He's a grown-ass man. He's not throwing his hockey. Ball. I do like the quote, though, and it's just a, the competitor in him about, like, waiting is no trade, trade clause. Yeah. And how it was said it was easy. It was an easy decision. Pittsburgh didn't want me. Florida did. Yep. So I waited. I mean, I, I kids. I, I I know we're on the same page with this, but I've got a problem with the trade. <laughs> Number one, okay, because you got uh, Mike Sullivan, who's just talking all playoffs and after the fact how he's tough to play against, tougher in front of the net. Right. To be trade away the Penguins. Number one, that front foot presence. He's a uh, complete locker room guy. Loved everywhere he goes. And just a pain in the ass to play against, and, he, and he's performed in the t- now. Granted, he's getting up there a little bit, and the big thing was his contract. So we got that out of the way. Then we brought in a worse contract, yeah. And technically, are in for more money now with a player that I think is definitely coming off a just shit show year. He was a healthy scratch in Matheson down the uh, down the tail stretch. And, um, you know, how do you pronounce the last name of the, the second guy we got at the center? Senator. Colton yeah, Senator. Yeah, um, which, you know, it's kind of like Florida was probably like, here, you want to take him too? Please, <laughs> uh, you take him off our We got another guy. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, for what they're, I don't, maybe he'll come in and be a reclamation project. The Penguins are good with those. But right now, I'm failing to see the uh, the upside. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, Hornquist is just too high of a, Cap hit right now for what he does regular season wise. I thought he was fantastic in the playoffs. He was the only, like those last couple games, I felt like he was the only guy truly giving it his all, if you will. Skip a shit level much higher than everybody. Yeah. But he's uh, getting paid probably a little, he's getting a premium for what his, his output is, or his production, I should say, regular season production. But so, yeah, I think he was still 5.3. And basically, the way the Penguins were constructed now, he was playing third line. So, if you look at that and you're like, okay, a guy that's got a ton of miles on him, plays a super physical game, usually gets banged up a couple times a year, do we really want to spend 5.3 for a third liner? Okay, so just the idea of trading him away, I get it, I understand it, I'm not totally against that. But the return, I don't completely understand. Even if you want to sit there and say, like, Matheson, yeah, he's shown good in the past, and we think that we can, you know, kind of uh, do a reclamation project, like you said, Cuss, and get him back to that upper level. Okay, but the contract is just horrendous. I remember thinking it was horrendous when it was signed two years ago. There's still six years left on it at, like, 4.7. It's not going to get any better. So the only positive I can potentially take out of this is, based on what I've read recently, Jack Johnson has probably seen the door uh, sooner rather than later because with Madison, Pedersen, and Brian Dumoulin, that's their three left-handed defensemen, and there's no room for Jack Johnson. So he's either going to be a very expensive seventh defenseman, or they will find a sucker to trade him to. You think they buy him out? No, they won't buy him out. They'll either let him sit as a healthy scratch or he'll trade Because it does sound like some teams are really considering that option this year, just given all the More uncertainty so, of yeah. well, that finances next year. Yeah, it's funny that you took that approach yeah. because uh, our friend George Makarkosics had a thought it was a great trade for both teams. Hornquist is going to be a great leader and mentor for the young Panthers team. It's struggling to realize what it takes to win. Coach Q loves his style. I'd agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Matheson is a 6'2", puck-moving defenseman. Very fast, is a great shot, and fit nicely with the pens. You mentioned healthy scratches. Yeah. 
he was healthy scratch for quite a bit, right? He was towards the end of the regular season, and then a couple games in their uh, playoff playing round loss. Uh, so he had kind of fallen out of favor with Coach Q. There was even, I think, a couple games they threw him at forward this year. Now, granted, Florida did that with a lot of their defensemen, yeah. but not a good sign yeah. when you're one of those D that's getting thrown up on Florida. Yeah, I like the I like the different opinion that you have versus George. George also commented on the HPC app, by the way. If you haven't downloaded it, go to the App Store. This thing's glitchy as hell. No one downloaded it. No. <laughs> what did he say? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Uh, Sevior? Sevior? Sevior. Sevier is a uh, is a right shot, right wing. He can also take faceoffs, and uh, Pens don't have a right shot center available. And he's, they, he said that he's solid defensively and has sandpaper to his game. Yeah. One thing I know about Horny, excellent locker room guy. You know, I don't know if there was a bigger presence in that locker room to be honest with you, other than Sid. But like, I feel like Horny spoke up maybe a little bit more. From the times I watched it on video. Never <laughs> <laughs> hey, in, in, in actually in the room. Oh, I figured. Yeah. And uh, just so I, I do think that that is going to be. You know, we're going to miss that. But just in watching his game, you know, the new NHL is a speed game. We just talked about skating ability, yeah. and that's one thing that I think our boy Horny lacks is the ability to get around quickly. But he'll, he'll park his ass in front of that. Yeah. And bang home 18 to 20. Yeah, I think what was a big issue, and our boy Mark Madden comments on this all the time, is Sid didn't want to play with Hornquist. Because Sid, in his mind, likes to attack off the rush. And he's, he's a neat He wants the best way to need him. But, <laughs> no, but in reality, Sid's more of a grinder. He works way better below the goal line than he does anywhere else, which is where Hornquist works really well. So I think it, it was a little bit of that tied into it too, because obviously they're gonna they're gonna let Sid pick who the hell he wants to play with. Why wouldn't they? Whatever. If there's more moves ahead for the Penguins, we'll see how this all works out for them. Because there's no way there, there's no way the team as it looks right now is what it's gonna look whenever the season actually starts. Hey, hey, hey. Well, next shifting from uh, the Penguins to the New York Rangers, who made a couple a couple moves here. Uh, they traded Mark Stahl in a second round 2021 pick to the Red Wings for, quote, future considerations. I always <laughs> like those. I like those. Do we know what those future considerations are based off of? I have not seen anything. Nah, I didn't really care about it. I know a lot of times, for example, like whenever trades are made and they say player to be named later, that there literally is a list of like, okay, one of these four guys you can choose but it'll be down the road. By the yeah, way, also, can it be um, draft picks, too? I think it can. Yeah. So basically, I think they like agree based upon... on how these guys can perform or where the team finishes sometimes? Potentially. Sometimes they'll put conditions like that on it. But I imagine what there probably is is a list of like, hey, there's these four or five assets, and you can choose one of those at an agreed-upon time. Yeah, it must be a lot, though, because you're mo- I don't know what his contract situation is, but you're moving a guy that... It's played almost 900 NHL games. He's a first-round pick, and a, you're moving a second-round pick. So there must be. I'd really be curious to know what those future considerations are because it's a small little deal here. What's well, a salary cap move? Basically. I was told the Rangers had to go back and check to see if they actually did need a new skate sharpening machine. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Mark played all 892 games in the red, white, and blue New York Rangers uniform. Uh, so they're parting ways with a guy that's been a career Ranger and uh, a pick of theirs. You know, a player that's been a part of their team, albeit they really haven't gotten it done. Yeah. Yeah. And not quite as long as our boy Hank. Oh, but I, 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 did, I did want to bring up that uh, this move, sneaky move for Detroit, because you have Steve Eisenman making this move who basically built the team that just won the Stanley Cup. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, Detroit's definitely a team to look out for in the next five, five years or so because he's making, he's sitting behind making these little moves. I feel like he is one of these little brilliant masterminds. who just like quietly acquires certain assets yeah. that maybe aren't as appreciated around the league 
And then also, you know, between the drafting, I mean, you look at Tampa, how much of that team they've drafted and played awesome. every, every game with the Lightning. Awesome. That was during most of his time there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, and then there's actually some talk that they, they might try and pick up Alex Wenberg, because Wenberg's getting bought out by Columbus. Yeah, I saw that. And, uh, and they might be able to get him really cheap, because everyone's saying he would at best right now probably get a two-year deal. And he's a really crafty center who, you know, a couple years ago had like almost 50 assists, if I'm not mistaken. Like he can put up some points, but a little of, almost like you're saying a, uh, what you say, a redemption? Reclamation. Reclamation, excuse me, project. But anyhow, got off the rails. But yeah, yesterday the Rangers bought out Henrik Lundqvist's contract after 15 years as basically the heart and soul of their organization. Just rips it right out of the whole organization. Yeah, it's, it's not a move that they wanted to make, but they said that there's no way they were going forward carrying three goalies the way they did last year. And with Shesterkin and uh, Alexander Georgiev there, that's their future in net. And they're like, look, you've been a great, great New York Ranger, maybe one of the best ever, but this is the end of the road here. It's the tough decisions you have to make that you see there's really great franchises make where you finally have to make the tough, tough decision to go to a guy who's an icon and be like, look, I'm sorry, but this is the end of our path today. Well, I did read, though, he was offered the backup job. I think he could have stayed and taken a backup yeah, it was a, role. Yeah, it was a bit mutual. Yeah, but, you know, he's the kind of guy who doesn't want a backup role. Yeah. So, and, and also, and I mean, they did mention they would like to keep those two together. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be weird to see him in another uniform. I was going to say, will we see him play the goal again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, assuming he – it's. I think it's totally up to him. If he still has he that fire – He would want to play backup, though, is what it would come down to. Pardon? If he has the fire to – and if he would accept, I think, a backup goal. I don't think anyone's going to sign him. I know. And that's the one thing I do. What about Colorado? No. They would play Grubauer and probably even uh, Francois over Lundqvist. Is he, I mean, is he, a, is he that bad? He's not been good the last couple of years. I think he's hitting the end of his uh, his useful. His yeah, usefulness. Uh, I've also heard like, what if Markstrom doesn't go back to Vancouver. See, I could see him being in that type of situation where he's like him a mentor to a young yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. as a pure starter that complicates things. Yeah, but I mean, he might. Hopefully, he could uh, see the. See the light. And we talked about the way that more teams are going to more of a timeshare. So yeah. maybe it would be acceptable in, in one of them. I will say, aside from Joe Pavelski, for me, he's the one guy I would really love to see win a cup. Joe Thornton. And it, yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not his Joe Thornton. All right. But <laughs> it would just be weird to see him like move on to, I don't know, Calgary some team and win the cup the first year he's out of the New York Rangers. Well, if the Penguins signed him to team with Jar. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Ooh. I can get behind that. Ooh. And I'm kind of, call me a nerd here, I'm really excited to see him in some different colors because he always dresses a great thing. He does. So like, on the pads. Yeah, I want to see him in some different colors. I actually don't want him walking around Pittsburgh, though, because I have a girlfriend, you have a girlfriend, you have a wife, <laughs> you have a wife. We don't, we don't need that kind of man. Rocket. I could also like Ben Rocket walking around. I I could also see him having a future career on it on, on the other side of things in the broadcast, not in the broadcast booth, but like being one of those uh, analytical guys on camera. Yeah, yeah, I could see one of those analytical guys. Yeah. I mean, I could. He can basically do whatever he wants. It's true. Uh, he has millions and millions of dollars. He's very good. What do you think that was? Yeah. But the Rangers, another team trending in the right direction. Yeah. But Unfortun now, unfortunately, I think our team is, our, our Penguins are not trending in that direction. Oh, we'll see. Like I said, there's still more moves to be made there. But there will be actually a lot of moves made once a free agency in the draft happens, which is happening in very short order. Draft is happening uh, October 6th and 7th next week. Free agency opens October 9th at noon. And there are, I mean, some of the guys we just mentioned, like Lundquist is going to be out there. And there's a lot of other big-name free agents that will be available. So Now, is this list of players we've compiled, are these all 
free agents? No. Some of these are just other guys that are rumored to be on the move for, okay. one, for one reason or another. Um, the free agents, though, Petrangelo, Krug, Hall, Toffoli, Hoffman, Dadanoff, Markstrom, and Vertanen yeah. of this list that we've got in front of us. Yeah. And what is Murray? Restricted. He's a restricted free agent. Yeah. And then there's a couple other guys that are still under contract, but there's a lot of rumors out there, such as Patrick Line and Oliver Ekman Larson, that the, both those teams are looking to make changes for one reason or another, and those are the big trade chips that they have. Wouldn't that be wild if Line moved? Yeah. So that's a good one. Let's just start there then, because Ruben, I know you had some feelings on this. What do you think is going on with Patrick Line? So I just. It's hard for me to wrap my head around Winnipeg's rationalization of getting rid of the moving this kind of talent. We all know his shot. There are what three, four guys in the world that can shoot the puck like Patrick Laine. Yeah, Ovechkin, Ovechkin Stamkos, Ovechkin, Stamkos, Matthews, me. Matthews, but I mean. Who knows if there's something else going on, whether it's in the locker room or he's just done with being with that organization. I'm going to say like a little bit of <laughs> He does have a shape. Oh, Robert, <laughs> but I, I just can't wrap my head around it. He's, he's just one of those pieces you feel like you hold on to as long as you can. As long as he continues to score goals, and with that kind of shot, you should continue to score goals. Can't, can't see it. But rumor has it, they're looking to move him. So I do, obviously, they have some other needs in their lineup. Is there any way? Anyway, Jim. Jim, I'm asking you, I'm begging you. Rutherford, of course, I'm talking Oh, <laughs> and I would love to see I was looking at Line with him. Um, or even Gino. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Put him with both. Imagine put him Double on that shit. <laughs> Imagine put him on that <laughs> That'd be the first righty, like, legit shooter on, like, the umbrella since the you you can put over there. God. Gets me a little. I'd trade Murray. Flip this dice. And let's hang for him. But. Well, they don't need Murray. And they probably wouldn't take Latang because of the age and the injury. But. And the turnovers. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just a little bit over the line, eh? That no, thought. Not good. Veto. But if you had to predict, is Line A going to Jet next year or what jersey is he wearing? He's a Jet. I don't know where he's going, but I think he's I think he's out of there. Yeah, I think you gotta go jet or no jet. Wait, you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. <laughs> Do you have an idea of where he might be going? So some of the rumors are one is Columbus. They have some defensemen oh. that they could move yeah. and Winnipeg needs defense. The other one that most people point to right away is Carolina. Because Carolina obviously has a ton of defense. Wow. That'd be an nice. exciting place for So the interesting one that I've heard that Carolina doesn't want to do. But if you're running one of those teams, if it's Patrick Line for Brett Pesci, who says no? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't at all. I've never even heard of Brett Pesci. <laughs> I'm going to say in that deal. His father, Joe, might have a problem. Joe hates And he'll stab me in the tree trunk. <laughs> but I mean, it would be nice seeing Line getting passes from Sveshnikov or uh, Aho. We all had high hopes for those hurricanes this off, this off <sighs> season. Where do you think uh, Petrangelo's ending up? I mean, you know, he's the the biggest piece, definitely. Entered. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue Taylor Hall, considering he won a heart. But in my opinion, Petrangelo is the yeah. biggest mover and shaker of the list. Uh, not that I feel terrible for any of these guys, because they do make very, very good money to play a sport. Uh, but I will say, definitely not an ideal year to be in free agency. Coach oh, year is not the year. <laughs> to like hit the free agency market. And some of these guys, I'm sure, have been waiting for the opportunity to hit the free agency market. Uh, but where do we think Petrangelo might be going and what kind of captain is it going to From what I've heard is he wants over eight. Uh, I think that was like the last offer he got from St. Louis was seven something or maybe at eight and he wanted more than that. And St. Louis was like, well, we can't do that. Maybe try free agency, circle back with us or something like that. Um, but, yeah, there's not a lot of money out there, so it'll be interesting to see, like, whoever signed him is probably going to have to make some other moves. Like, everybody points to Toronto right away, 
because they need a right shot defenseman mm-hmm. more than no, they're, they're 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 cap room. But that's the thing, they don't. If yeah. they sign him, they're going to have to move probably like a Nylander or right. some big pieces, yeah, right. something like that. So could be there. I read something today that Boston was interested in him, but I don't think they have the room for it either. They would have to make some other moves. Yeah. Um, God, so, team I would not want to get No, I wouldn't like that either. Uh, so yeah, it'll be very interested to see where he ends up signing. I, I mean, it very well could be that he's just trying to use this as leverage and get everything he can out of St. Louis and he ends up back there the way that Stamkos did a, a number of years ago. But uh, yeah, very interesting. I do think this free agency will move a little faster than we've seen the past couple of years because if you think about it, given the fact that the cap's not immediately going up, there's a lot of financial uncertainty coming for next season. Obviously, this past playoffs without, you know, anybody in the stands and all that, uh, I, you know, that money can dry up quick. So you might be waiting on the phone with one team, waiting for that extra half a mil per year, but then they end up signing somebody else. There's only so much money to go around and so many teams that can afford some of these pieces. I would not be surprised if it's a pretty active, quick, People trying to lock up their situation. Yeah, take it while you got it. Yeah. 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 If you're a player, you want to sign right away. Because from what I've heard, it's like there's going to be the big name guys that everybody goes after and they'll get signed. But after that, as Rubio said, the money's going to dry up and the market's going to get squeezed. And all of a sudden, you're going to be sitting there and you might be a guy that you're like, I should be worth $4 million a year. But every team that was interested in you, has one and a half million dollars in cash space. And now you're so playing if you want to play, <laughs> so some teams might get some bargain deals. That's the thing. But if you're one of the teams, you either want to strike quick, or you need to maybe be patient and wait guys out until they reach a point when they're like, "Hey, how would you like to come play for us? Yeah, it's it's the, a job." It's the classic. I'll give you eighty eight dollars. You're out of bar, right? <laughs> yeah. You want to strike quick? <laughs> go out there. <laughs> you're always trying. You're always, you know, you're always or do you searching. Wait, you, always, you wait around. And then before you know it, last call and fucking Uber. Just leave you, honey. You know, of all the players that we listed, the one player, if I were a GM, that I would, aside from maybe Line A, that I would really have my eyes on, would be Oliver Ekman Larson. Now, is he a free agent? No. no. He's actually, and that's the thing, is he's got, I think, six or seven more at eight and a half million. But Arizona apparently is trying to cut uh, salary in a big, big way. And he's obviously the piece that'll get probably the best return for them. So even though he's their captain, has full no trade clause and all that, his name's at least out there in the rumor mill. And obviously, teams want to at least listen and want to see. Could we actually get him? What would it take? Heads up for the Done. And he's always <laughs> a guy that, like, he's played in that market. He, uh, I don't know if people really realize how He's underappreciated. Yeah. He's like Barkov in Florida. Yeah, exactly. Um, another, Bob McKenzie mentioned Eichel. Potentially, there were some murmurs. And I saw those rumors. rumors were unfounded. Basically, yeah. the, the Buffalo people have come out and they're like, nah. He wants out of Buffalo. But Buffalo doesn't want to. He out. claims he doesn't want out, but yeah, we'll see. that's what he's done. He's say. I saw we suck again. <laughs> I saw rumors. I gotta wait to find with Buffalo one more time. That would be where to Buffalo. Buffalo. Wait, who? Matt Murray. Try and catch us. Keep up. Because the Sabers not happy with their goaltending. Obviously, who is their goalie? It was Linus Olmark and Carter Hutt this last year. Now, Omar's a younger guy, at least has some potential. Hutton, career backup, played like shit basically the last year and a half has been there. So there's a fit. It's just a matter of what they want to pay the price that Rutherford wants. Was it Leonard there? Yeah, he was, which yeah. is hilarious. They let him walk. Yeah. The Sabres just let him walk. I bet that's a guy they wish they held on to. Yeah. You let him around. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> guy's not going to amount to shit. <laughs> I do think Buffalo is going to trend in the right direction, though. Well, there's no way to go with this. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, what makes you believe that? It's like, they're just fucking bottom well, up. The first guy that I was... The kid of mine was uh, Dali. Oh, great talent. Future Victor Heaven, in my opinion. Honestly. Yeah, he's got the skate. Difference maker. Not the same size, but so, yeah, they're, they're at least similar. They are also... They're both... Speedish. Speedish. 
the shop at Ikea. Swedish plumber? <laughs> I'm a Swedish plumber. <laughs> I'm Definitely. You have me with my rucksack. <laughs> Definitely listen to Spotify and rap and music for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're going deep with the Swedish shows. Any other names on this list, gentlemen, we want to bring, yeah. talk talk about? Well, Mike Hoffman, I mean, perennial say, goal scorer. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, though, the other big piece on offense, though, is Taylor Hall. Where does Taylor Hall have to go? Because that's is not Pittsburgh. I don't care. Right? <laughs> There's I no way. Know. There's no way it'll be Pittsburgh. And I, as much as people are like, "Oh, it's going to go back to Edmonton," I somehow doubt that. But if you had to predict, where is Taylor, Taylor Hall playing you next year? Think he stays in the West? Uh, I do, but I want to know what you think. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to know what someone else thinks. I can see him go to Edmonton. I, I think that. I don't know. I just think. I you think he circles that. back there? Yeah, especially now that like. You know, they, they look promising. They finally kind of turned that corner and potentially can make a deep playoff run in a couple of years. So has he had injury issues? Is that why he hasn't played very many games? Uh, the last couple of years, yeah, he had some injury problems. So uh, as, as recent as 17-18, he had 39 goals. Obviously his best season ever. 39 goals, 54 assists, 93 points. And that was the year he won the heart yeah. for the Dallas. Uh, to the playoffs. <clears throat> he is a... First overall pick, 28 years old, left wing. What about the Calgary Flames? Um, I don't know if they'd have room for him. They would love to sign him there. It would make Goudreau their second line left wing. you got to like that then. Or maybe hold your second line. I don't know. It's not a terrible location. Cuss, what do you think? I'm not I'm not up to date with like cap situations and stuff like that. But what if he found his way to someone that was just all the way there but kind of lacking that star punch in somewhere like Dallas? Yeah, that could be an interesting one. You can see possibly there as well. For me what he really was thinking in his head was shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas! Dallas! Did you say Dallas? <laughs> Honestly, aren't terrible destinations if they could make the money work and all that. But where I think he's probably going to end up is Colorado. They have a shitload of cap space right now, and he, Hall has come out and said that he. Uh, what's more important to him than anything is winning. He wants to go somewhere he can win because he's played this long in the league. He's played 14 career playoff games, I believe. And so here's my thing with that: is that he's not going to be on the first power play. Might. Uh, maybe in the middle. You're putting Ranton on the wall, Kale McCarr up top, McKinnon's on the right. So you're putting him over Cotter there? Yeah. yeah, probably. I don't know, but even not Landis if he's Scott, on the second line. Scott out in front. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're not, Colorado doesn't need more forwards. It never it hurts. Not goalie. Well, it never hurts to have a Taylor Hall, Nazem Cadre. Burakovsky second line. Like, that that's a pretty that damn good first two lines. Not good fights. Yeah. But they have, a lot of their guys are still in their entry level, so that's why they have so much cap. That makes mm-hmm. sense. But that would be an expensive. What about a team like Vancouver? They have no cap. Well, they're going <laughs> to lose to Foley, right? Maybe. But they, their problem is they're paying guys like Brandon Sutter $3 million and Jay Beagle $3, 4000000 million as well. They have too many guys like that. So I don't know. Detroit? No. He's not going to go there because they suck. I wonder, though, how important the money will be because you would imagine some of these teams are definitely going to have deeper pockets. Like in LA or Anaheim? You've got to have some I got a team. What about, what about the Florida Panthers? They have no cap. You're paying your, paying your goalie $10 million to save 90% of the shots. Oh, we call that was a dumb move. Yeah. Never pay a goalie that much money. Goalies aren't worth it, let me tell you. Not worth the care that they breathe. Vasilevsky is making 9.5 starting next year. What about this year? This year he was still 3-something or whatever. It was like a bridge oh, deal or something man. for him, I think. He's getting big raises. So that that'll kind of screw that next year. Well, that's the thing. They're going to yeah. lose guys because of that. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah, no. A free agent. Yeah. Yeah, uh, free agency. I'll yeah. tell you what, either way, it's going to be super intriguing. Because there's going to be a lot of action, I think. 
Super intrigued. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs>
in history, I want to say. History? Uh, unfortunately, that game, game, that game points, six, the numbers were kind of embarrassing. What went up against Monday Night Football of Ravens Chiefs, which are arguably the two best teams in the NFL. Yeah, but, they, so that they, yeah, but that wasn't it. They lost to, like, Dancing with the Stars. They lost to... I love that shit. They fucking lost to the midnight episode of SportsCenter. Well, that was still people. That well, you gotta find out what happened during the day. That was people yeah. fell asleep with Monday Night Football on. That shit doesn't. Count. I mean, there are memes galore on the internet making fun of the poor viewing numbers for the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, you have two American teams competing in a bubble in Edmonton in the middle of the summer. So that didn't exact. But you know what? I say fuck it. It's a niche sport. It is what it is. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like we don't need everyone else's seal of approval. Yes. Yeah. Who cares? Well, I get it. Money is a big thing, and viewers is a big thing to people that, that, that are controlling the money. But at the same time, the product on the ice is fantastic, uh, as as good as it's ever been. And you know, if you if you don't watch it and you're making judgment from the outside, well, you can fucking sit on it and rotate for as long as there. Yeah. Kiss off. Because otherwise, hats off to the NHL all around. I mean, yeah. yeah. Good on them. Get battling through it. Like we were talking about earlier, all the tests, what was it, 150 some games, whatever it was. Yeah. And it was fun to watch. And the game's in a great place. Uh, looking forward to next season. Yeah. yeah, who's sitting around like, hey, no one watches that, I'm not gonna watch it. It was like fucking Trump, I guess. <laughs> oh no, he's big ratings guy, big ratings guy. Needs uh, ratings. Uh, <laughs> no. no one watches that. <laughs> but. Yeah, all credit to the NHL, pulled it off in unprecedented circumstances. Okay. We got ourselves a Stanley Cup champion. Congratulations, Tampa Bay Lightning. By the way, have you guys seen some of the, the celebration stuff? Yeah, what we yeah. what we think of the boat parade? I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, especially like given the times where you can't obviously do a normal one. Right. I mean, maybe in Florida you can get away with it. But. My, my post-cup MVP goes to Nikita Kucherov. Who was so, so drunk. Those Russians, they know I celebrate. I mean, so drunk. He was, dude, my favorite clip is, so, almost 48 hours after they won the cup, and these guys probably haven't slept, they probably had a thousand fucking beers. 11 at least. And he's, they think it's a smart idea to put him on a mic in front of people. And, <laughs> and he's, Seriously, someone talk to the PR person. Yeah. Like, this isn't a good idea. But Patty Maroon goes up without a shirt on, and then the owner, Vinick, is at the mic, and Kucherov comes over and just steals the spotlight. And Vinick is not intoxicated at this point. He is what you would imagine a multi, maybe even billionaire, but millionaire would look like, you know, very buttoned up uh, kind of guy. And Kucherov, we fucking did it! And he's <laughs> pouring his Bud Light that he's drinking out of into Vinick's mouth <laughs> during COVID times. And Vinick's kind of like, okay, I guess I'll have some of that. Oh, I've got the Russian skin of these. Oh, man. That shit, I love it. I love the celebration because it's like the one time that athletes don't feel the need to be so PC. Yep. Yeah, you know, they let loose and it's and everyone kind of embraces it to the point that the lightning would allow these guys to get up in front of a microphone. They swear. Shattenkirk pulled his shirt over his head and took a, and chugged a beer. Oh, oh she's done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maroon, become a tradition. Maroon fucking pissed his pants during the parade and was gladly showing off his gray pants where he pissed his pants. Like, it's the best, it's the best entertainment there is. Yeah. It's like basically how we used to hang out on the weekends, but we'd get citations for how we behave. <laughs> and we really weren't celebrating any accomplishments. No. Yet. No. Yeah. It was just Friday. <laughs> Tuesday. Friday! Yeah, that, that, uh, you know, they were a worthy Stanley Cup champion, and to the victor go the spoils, and they definitely took advantage of it. It's probably a shitty year to win the Cup, honestly. Yeah. The parade isn't anything. True. Yeah, no, but not normal. Right. It's like, you know, your, your typical celebration. Yeah, yeah. if you're like, uh, like we have a right. friend who is a pretty high up in the lightning. He does, he deals with like corporate sponsorships. If they won that game, 
really, probably anywhere, he probably would have been in the locker room for that celebration. Yeah. And people like that don't get to experience that, and you know, all the the bars and the fans. And well, it's even like you saw afterwards, they're all on the ice, and they've got their cell phones out, and they're you know FaceTiming with friends and family back home, like. That's very COVID 2020. Yeah, yeah. You even have to do a virtual celebration. They're all in the locker room and Cooper's got the phone up and he's got Vinick on FaceTime and he's telling yeah. them how proud he is. And you can't have the friends and family there. And yeah, that sucks. But as you saw, they got home, got to see the friends and family, and they're going to live it up. Did you, see, uh, did you see Jimmy Fallon interviewing? No, I didn't. He was interviewing Stamkos, Kucherov, and Hedman. Okay. And they're like sitting in chairs on the ice at Tampa. Like once they landed, they went to the arena and had like a personal oh, celebration kind of cool. there. Yeah. And so they're on the ice in their gear and they're inter- having an interview with Jimmy Fallon. As they're interviewing, there's guys in the background behind them gliding in the shot, <laughs> just chugging beers. Like <laughs> play a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Here goes Kalorn into Josh Strat. <laughs> That would have really been great if one of these guys were in their jots. It was just, I I can't get enough of the Stanley Cup celebration. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, gentlemen. Well, hey, gentlemen, that is the end of the season. It's been a successful one. We uh, thank everybody for finding us, whether it was for uh, one episode or all 59. But we'll definitely be back when uh, the NHL resumes. Maybe even another sneaky yeah, one in between the gap there. We'll see how you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Raise the asses. Good talk.